The Nuggets lost to the Bulls, and they got blown out at home. So we're going to try and balance between, no, it's fine, and, well, not great. We're going to walk a very delicate line today on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys being a part of the community wherever you're joining us, whether it's on YouTube, where you can join folks like Ben Max Stiofen, uh Snail, no, I completely butchered that, TW, Brandon Card, other folks joining us in the comment section, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, we appreciate you guys making us part of your week. On today's show, we will talk about the Denver Nuggets loss to the Chicago Bulls. Does it matter? Why doesn't it matter? Why did they lose? How did they lose? All sorts of things. We'll take a look around the Western Conference standings and take a look at where the overall playoff race is shaping up in the third segment. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DNVR. You can follow the pre- and post-game shows as well as podcasts every day, including... Their terrific conversation with Vlaco Chanchar yesterday at the bar. Adam, how you doing today? I'm great. I'm, I'm fantastic. Uh, I slept well last night. We're, we're going to get into, in the second segment, the meaning of the game, right? About whether it matters or not. Okay. My, my goal today is, it like, I, I try and be very... Um, self-critical not from like a too harsh on myself i have been accused of that but like early in the season when i was like guys it's fine what are we doing this is annoying stop like that's wrong too like i should i don't need to dismiss fans concerns because those are very real and valid um i think it's okay if you walked out of last night being like whatever i think that's fine Uh, i think it's okay if you walked out last night and you're like I'm always going to be a little nervous because of nights like these, you know, some of that is like, they can't win every night. That's part of it, but we'll get into like the bigger picture stuff there. Let's start with the loss to the bulls. If I, if I told you, if I asked you, I was like, Hey, I missed a game last night. What's like the biggest reason they lost that game. What would you say? (laughs) I mean, I just don't think they're locked in and I don't think it's, I think it's impossible to fake being locked in. That's, that's really what this comes down to. If you have a team, you always talk about which team has the motivation. If you don't have a real motivation, it's really hard to come up with a fake one. And there'll be nights where you have more motivation. Like I suspect Denver will be more motivated on Friday because you just lost an embarrassing fashion on Wednesday. But I think coming into this game, Denver slept, walked through the Toronto game and won. I think they came into this game with probably even less urgency and it ended up biting them, you know, in the butt. So To me, there was a moment late. I mean, it was really late in the third quarter where there was a timeout and they came out of it. And I thought the whole team upped their intensity, almost as if to say like, okay, it's go time. We need to do this. And they couldn't get stops in that moment and they couldn't close the gap. And I just felt like it was one of those ones where they were like, oh, bummer. We played a little bit too long or we downshifted a little bit too far. So for me, that's all it is. I don't think there's anything about the style of the game or there's matchups or... Anything telling about them to me, it just was Denver didn't couldn't fake the motivation uh, last night. You don't come out impressed with those Chicago Bulls. You're not, you're not walking away. I mean, no, like 
There wasn't a whole lot. Denver's defense in the first half was so was like hilariously bad. Yeah, I mean the yeah. effort was just so low that it's these are NBA players. You let anybody kind of get a rhythm, get a confidence. They're going to play a little bit better. And I just thought Denver, like I said, I put it on the timeline, but it's my only takeaway. I think Denver downshifted too far and for too long. And then when they upshifted, this time the boosters didn't fire. I still think for me, I like I I actually walked away a little impressed with the Bulls just because I've seen them not win this game enough. Um, I've seen them be in this exact spot. A very, I think a good comparison here uh, is actually really interesting. I watched the Raptors Bulls game. I was actually at the arena waiting for um, the the Nuggets game to start the other night, and I watched Raptors Bulls. And the the Raptors are so offensively limited in terms of what they're able to, to do and how they're able to shoot and how they're able to score that they were begging the Bulls to win that game. And the Bulls just simply could not, like, could not execute at a level necessary to beat the Raptors. They just gave the game up and let the Raptors out-effort them. You have Monday, where the Raptors are in that exact same spot, hustle and hard and work so hard, and the Nuggets are like, yeah, but we're better. And then you have this game where the Bulls essentially were like, if you are going to play the, this level, we have the talent to beat you. You have to get to this level, right? but we have the talent to beat you. Um, Chicago's defense is pretty good, just like overall league-wide. They're actually top 10. That surprises a lot of people. Um, I think that's pretty impressive given their personnel. They didn't even get a really great game from DeMar DeRozan. I mean, look, I, I don't know how else to get around this. Um, Joker doesn't have to care every night. He's cared enough for them to get the one seed in the West but he didn't care last night. I mean, one of my questions I have about this game <clears throat> and it's like conjecture, like I, I, there's no way for me to know this, but there were enough distractions last night. Number one, you have Jamal Murray going for the three point record. He tweeted before tonight's the night. Like you could tell it was on his mind and he was sort of looking for this moment. Um, and it becomes a distraction. I mean, we saw with Will Barton, what did he go? He didn't make a three for like three or four games last year in a row when he was right at the edge. We know that that is a mental hurdle. And by the way, <clears throat> I think Chicago probably also knew this. I mean, I think part of why they played the, you know, got were so physical and aggressive with him is they probably knew he was going to be a little bit more. The scale was going to slide a little bit more for him looking for the three and looking for that moment. But then the other distraction. And again, this is I don't know this. After the game, Jokic made comment of it a little bit again for the second time, which is a little bit wild that he, you know, watched the Perk video or something. Jokic never comments on these. Now it's twice that he has commented on the specific one. But the last six days have been especially toxic for the Jokic conversation. I think it's reached the peak of all time. Like we talk about the eight years Jokic has been here. The last week has been the most toxic conversation around him. And I'm not, I don't know if that affected the way he played, but last night, Yoke played poorly. And if Jokic plays poorly, that's 50%, if not more, of your success. Is like, does he play well? And then you need one or two other guys. He played poorly last night on both ends. And I don't, you, it does make you wonder if some of this conversation is just like getting in, you know, getting to him a little bit. You know, you pay him as much as you do for a reason. It is a shame that, that in this game, they couldn't pick him up, right? Like the one night that he needed to pick him up, the rest of the team couldn't do it. Like, that's pretty rough. But it's hard to be – yes and no. It's hard to pick up a guy that's the fulcrum. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he he just can't be bad. He has yeah. to be good. 
Uh, Snail mentioned this, and this is I mentioned this on the podcast or the I was on Bet Stream yesterday for this game. This happened to Steph Curry when he was about to break the all time threes. No one's exempt. Really is, man. If you're not just playing, it's so weird. Like the players, like they have to tune out everything. Like you just have to be in. You have to be. It, it really is like a Zen concept. Like you have to be in the moment. Like it has to be just there and beyond all things. Like you can play emotionally, but I think when you have anything that's like disrupting your mindset, it's it's disruptive to the game. I'm going to go further, Matt. Ooh. I, I don't think anyone can in today's day and age. I don't think, I think there was a point in time where it was like, you have to be above the conversation above this or that. I think that it's so ubiquitous now that there's no avoiding it. And we had black Chanchar on DNVR yesterday or two days ago. And that was one of the things he said, like we asked like, Oh, so you, do you see this? Do you see that? And he's like, guys, of course, like we all see everything. Like there's nothing you can't, put blinders on to where this stuff doesn't reach you. And I just think with these players, like Yoke, of course, has been hearing the stat padding, the racism, the, oh, he doesn't get any criticism. Um, people just want to like, of course he hears all of this. And I think he, more so than just about any athlete, has been above it, meaning he has been removed from it. But even he has to feel some kind of way when he becomes this proxy for the most toxic conversations online. This is me. I don't know. You know, you you're, you have a much better understanding of 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 Joker than I do. Don't say much better. I don't think that's true. Um, I don't think anybody knows him. I think I'm just so far away. I think I'm just very far like away. Sure. Is more on a scale, right? Like Joker okay. over is like yeah. You know, he's up Cheyenne. And I, yeah, like Cheyenne, and you're in like Fort Collins, and All I'm right. in like Colorado Springs. Okay. Um, our Serbian fans are like, what? Um, <laughs> for me, a lot of it is like, I never, I would be like, I never asked for this. Like, yeah. why am, like, why am I have, all I did was go and play basketball. Like, I, you know, like I never asked for this and that's gotta be, be, be difficult. Um, and it goes both ways, by the way, like when you are a hero, and this is why I think it's so hard to stay balanced is that when you are a hero, then you become a symbol for all kinds of things that you're not in a positive direction. All of a sudden you're more than a basketball player. This is, you know, it's all of these things. And unfortunately right now, part of this is just the culture and where it's at the online discourse culture. But right now he's just seeing, and I, and I really do. Do you agree with me that this has probably been the worst week in terms of people have argued, is he good? Is he bad? Is he overrated? But this week, like it's just become connected to so many other things yeah. in a way that before has been under, you know, the subtext. Well, it bubbled to the surface over this last week in a way that it's like I have to imagine he sits there and goes, how am I the symbol of this conversation? I mean, look, we, we have Clay Travis involved in things, right? Like right wingers are retweeting things. I think anytime that you reach a point where like as bad as things got last year, we've reached a point where literally whether Perk meant designed this or not. And I kind of think he did like, if you support Jokic, you're racist right now. Like that's like the intention of, of the commentary. And that's going, that's a big thing to insert. If you support him, but imagine if you are him, like this is the thing I'm saying is it's gotta yeah. be, a, it, it's gotta be the weirdest thing for him specifically because he just exists. He just goes and plays more so than any player in the NBA. He just goes out and plays the game and then goes home. Yeah. Let's take a break. Uh, we're going to come back. We'll talk about up next. We'll talk about what this loss means. We'll also get to some questions about basketball stuff. We'll do that as well. When we come back on locked on nuggets, 
Let's talk about the ultimate pro basketball GM game. I'm really geeked. Our new partner and sponsor of today's episode is the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, your dream can come true, and this game's definitely for you. You get to manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, so you guys finally finally get to fire the coach like you've always dreamed of trading and training players making draft picks navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft all the ups and downs of a season all this in a challenging and realistic game ultimate pro basketball gm is completely free and playable online off offline on the go as you want and when you want to Locked On Nuggets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM starts your dynasty today. We're also brought to you today by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here and the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Or you could be like me and bet on Jokic to have a triple double and the Nuggets to win versus the Bulls. Wah, wah, wah. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Some of those are really juicy. You can get it on things like MPJ3s, stuff like that. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Thursday. Hope your weekend is shaping up nicely. I did want to get to a basketball thing real quick because we've talked about this a little bit, but I want to um, kind of go back to it for a second. There was a question that someone asked. Garrett asked this. Serious question. When can we try Braun instead of Reggie? Bryant looked good the first game with Vlaco and Braun. We've talked about this, but my big thing here is just you need somebody to bring the ball up the floor, and I don't think – I think that's one of the biggest things that fans, I thought this, I was like, it's not a big deal. You're just dribbling like 45 feet. What's the big deal? Um, players will tell you that bringing in the ball up constantly, being the one to do that job is actually taxing that it does like because of the number of possessions and having to watch out for the defense, trying to snipe you on the inbound all the way up the court, making sure everybody's connected, you know, beating it when they come up to pressure you, that actually it is pretty taxing. I think that's a large part of this is just like, Christian Brown can't play point guard and they need like a guy to bring the ball up the floor and do that kind of job. You're kind of nodding your head or shaking your head a little bit. Um, disagree there. Not really. I mean, you're right that it's really tight. Cause part of me thinks like in a regular season, you have Jamal Murray. So just let him bring the ball up. But I do agree that eventually the strategy will be when he's with the second unit, full court press him, wear him out. And then he's tired for the fourth quarter and the moments when you need him with the starter. So there's some truth to it, but this bench to me, it's, it is in some ways I do look at it as a curse, <laughs> like these, these pickups, because I do think Denver was moving slowly in the right direction of just having an identity with that unit. And I do think that Reggie Jackson solves a problem, the one you're talking about, but creates an entirely new one, which is I don't think that un unit has an identity and I don't think they have a path to success, meaning I don't think there is a if they do this, they will win. They don't have a coherent like, oh, they're a great shooting lineup. They're a great defensive lineup. They're a great transition lineup. 
they don't really have a thing that I look at and I go, oh, they're going to be good at this. I just think that some nights Reggie Jackson is going to hit a lot of shots like he did in the Toronto game, and it's going to be a great boom. And I think other nights he's not, and I don't see where everybody else succeeds under those circumstances. Uh, I have two questions about this game. One, this is back-to-back games. Hmm, okay. Let me back up. The Nuggets lost to the Bulls at home, got blown out. Off of this game, one to five, five being like, I'm really concerned about the direction of this team. Zero being, I absolutely will never, I will forget this game after today. It meant nothing. What's a number for you? Five for the fan base. Zero for the Nuggets. Five for the fan base. Here's my real takeaway, Matt. We, as a fan base, are not ready for these upcoming playoffs. We are not ready. The stakes are so high. The rivalries are so deep. You're going to have to go up against – you're going to be playing a team that you hate. Almost certainly you're going to be playing a team that, that the Nuggets fans absolutely hate at some point. And if you go back and look at play, prior playoffs, even the teams that win championships have buzzer beater losses, 20-point losses, uh, contentious moments. This is just how it goes. Like you are going – you think you feel bad for this Chicago Bulls loss? Wait, wait till you see what happens in game one of the second round when you lose at home by 20 that's where you're going to go to a dark place. And to me, this was one of those ones where to me, I feel a zero. I'm a zero concern for the nuggets, but I'm a five for the fan base. I like this take. I like this take. Um, it's true. I think team, I mean, fans have been on edge all year because there's so much like this is, it's good to have years. You can't always set expectations low, right? right. Like you yeah. sometimes have to have a high expectations. Yeah. The problem is, is that you're weighing every individual performance against that expectation rather than the aggregate big picture. So in the moment, the Nuggets last night did not meet a championship expectation. They have met a championship expectation over the course of the 60-whatever games that they've played, right? So, like, both things can be true. My concern level, I have a couple of things that I have, like, I wouldn't say, like, this is happening. It's that... I'm not going to be like, I, I have, when I thought about it, the game last night, I was like, I think too often I go the other direction where I'm just like, guys, stop. It's a regular season game. They didn't care. Blah, blah, blah. couple things. Um, I can't realistically be the person that has consistently said that, t- that peaking too early is bad and ignore the concept of that happening to Denver. Now I think Denver's timing has been nearly perfect. Like, I've said repeatedly that this last month of the season does not correlate to playoff success. Smart people that are smarter than me at math have told me that that's what the data bears out. That essentially your winning percentage, point differential, all of the metrics that we use to determine team strength, that that performance over the last month of the season is less correlated with playoff success than almost any other stretch of the regular season. It just isn't. Um, That said, you don't want to get so, you know, Ryan Blackburn, I'm always giving him grief about, how he, in the early season, he was like, championship habits, championship habits, championship habits. And then they built him, right? Like get, they gave him time and he, and they built him. The thing with a habit is that if you stop doing it for long enough, you no longer are that, that you no longer have that habit. And that's a balance they have to manage, right? Here, here, like, here's the thing though, man. I'm with you hundred percent on all of this. 
I almost would be more concerned if this was happening in the last two weeks than if it's happening right now. There's a world in which, like, because they have a bunch of games that don't matter. And last night's game did not matter. It was the Chicago Bulls. I, no matter what you say, it was an Eastern Conference game, whatever. But there's they have such a cushion in the West. If the Suns were closer or the Warriors were closer, I do think Denver would be a little more dialed in because it's like, no, we in the West, we need home court against these teams. And the, when you get to the finals, it's too far away to even think about. But for me... If they might go through a lull, in fact, I suspect they will as they go on this. I think they have a bunch of road games in a row coming up. They have the San Antonio, then they come back home for one, and then they go on, I think, a five-game road trip. I think that they're going to hit a lull during these games where they might drop one you don't like, and they might get blown out at one you thought they'd lose, but they will get blown out at Knicks. They might get blown out that game. I don't know. But then they come back and they have the big games, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Golden State, Phoenix, New Orleans. That's when they play. And so for me, I feel like there's an opportunity to hit this lull now and bounce back heading into the playoffs where you're like, okay, they played some real games, they got their rhythm again, and they they look like they're ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with this. Um, I think that's a, that's a good take because Jamal was very cautious with it, but essentially he hinted that they essentially did that with the, the Cleveland-Memphis sequence with the Clippers yep. on the back-to-back. That's like, the thing. You can't say they haven't done this. They actually just did it a week ago where yeah. they did the tough games and played great and were ready and locked in. Well, not only that, but like they they beat Cleveland on the road. That was a game they got up for. Yep. They let slip versus Memphis, knowing they had the Clippers on Sunday night. Came yep. back on Sunday night at home on a back to back, and and killed. Took the it seriously. Played so, great, and then um, beat Memphis again in the revenge game. Like it, they those were the games that mattered. Now they're up seven games in the you know in the West, and they let one slip. I will say this. You've been on like you paid a lot of t- you paid more attention to Joker's defense than I remember you talking about any other singular year, probably because it's most important this season. It's been like there is not great, but fine. There's like okay, you're not giving effort, but you're doing like the job. And then there's like what he's been in the last two games. Yeah, like yeah. I I gotta I have to call him out. You just can't be letting Zach Levine get to his comfort spots every single play. You're not giving yourself a chance to win if you do that. The Bulls' offense is so limited, and they let the Bulls get to the things that they want to do. Um, I mean, Yoke's defense was really bad. <laughs> um, the energy in the game was so low. The energy in the arena, I thought, was so low. It just really? felt like a game. It just didn't feel like a very intense game at all. And, yeah, Yoke often is the captain of that. Interesting. Um, I think... By the way, part of this, one of the stories for this game is that Denver came out. They had 10 assists in the first quarter. Jokic had five. I thought the ball was popping. And they had 29 points on with no defense. But it felt like another game where you're like, oh, they're going to play bad and win by 15. Got it. And then, and I think Denver probably felt that way as well. So after the first quarter, their defense was bad in the first quarter, but their offense was humming. And I think they were like, it's going to be one of these. And then it wasn't. And they couldn't pick up the other end of the court. Yeah. They also couldn't shoot. That was the other problem is like, you could tell that they were annoyed that they just couldn't, they couldn't knock down the threes at the level that they wanted to. Like the numbers were, were good at half. They were like 44% and they finished 37.5. But the first quarter, the first quarter where they were on fire. Yeah. And then like MPJ goes two of seven. KCP went one of four. Jamal went one of seven trying to get the record. It, it was just, you know, Jeff Green gave them, gave them two threes and that boosted their numbers. Um, so they couldn't shoot. I, I will say this too. Um, there's a couple of weird things. They got away from process a lot last night. One of the things that I think is like significant. 
I didn't understand the relentless attack to, to Aaron Gordon in the third. Um, like he was just like they were running that constantly, and AG was yeah, and it was like we got he's like right? he's he's drawing fouls and get and I was like yeah he's he's drawing fouls and then missing them. But the other thing is that that the the Bulls want you to try and beat them with those kind of attempts, right? Like the Bulls' problem is that they can't keep up with a math game. And the Nuggets really got away from that, and they just really leaned into what Chicago wants to do. I didn't understand that sequence, and then I also didn't understand why Jokic started absolutely just ch- like it didn't feel. <laughs> I I have never seen Joker be like, "We really need three, so I'm just gonna start chucking threes. That's like well, the thing I've never seen from him before. Well, so he comes down and hits one. When I told you they called the timeout, and then they come out with a little bit more energy. He comes out and hits one, and you think like, "All right, time." And he's got a pep in his step. So I do, and they were down like 12 or something at that point. So they needed to make up some ground. He was asked after the game and he said, I just, we were down. I, we needed to come up. That's why I started shooting him. And I actually watching the game, that's actually how I felt okay. was it was too late that he was just like, if I hit two or three of these, we're right back into it. And he hit one and he hit another couple, a little bit later. Um, but after the game, Michael Malone was very calm. Typically, after a game like this, Michael Malone is like fired up. I mean, you know it. He's fiery and he's pissed at his team for the effort he gave. He was a little, he was pretty calm in the post game and he took a lot of the blame. You know, we didn't play well, we weren't focused, and I didn't coach a very good game tonight. And I, the way he talked about it made me think, I wonder if this team just did a little bit less prep for this game than they typically do because they wanted to focus on something with them. And then they were completely unprepared for, you know, to be, make the proper adjustments or something. He at least alluded to that in this game. Interesting. Up next. Up next, we will go around the Western Conference. KD's injury, Memphis's spiral, all those things. How does it impact the Nuggets' playoff outlook? We'll do that in the next segment. First, what's up with the Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week? Brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Adam, who's been the most electric player of the week for the Denver Nuggets? I'll go with, is it Jamal Murray? I mean, he had a bunch of threes earlier in the week until last night. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jeff Green. Ah, you're right. You know what? You are right. You got it right. It's Jeff I'm Green. I'm going go with Jeff Green. The blocks, the threes, all the big plays. By, Green- by the way, Vlaco Chanchar was asked, who takes losses the hardest? And he said, Jeff Green. Jeff wow. Green takes the losses the hardest. And he said, and then he, like, we kind of chuckled and he called us out, said, why are you laughing? He's like, this is a disrespect. He said, it's Jeff. The reason is he's been in this for a long time. He could see the end of his career and a championship means that much more to him. So right now, every loss, he just keeps thinking about the championship. And I thought, man, what great insight, man. That's phenomenal. That's so great to hear. Uh, And you know, that shows Jeff Green, brilliantly fierce, fiercely elegant, stunningly powerful, elegantly powerful. That's a great way to to describe Jeff Green is elegantly Mm -hmm. powerful. He's a very Mm -hmm. elegant player i would say Actually, and all those things are this are true as well about the new nissan aria which packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one electric vehicle the all-new all-electric 2023 nissan aria the ev for people who love to drive shop now at nissanusa.com we're also brought to you today by built bar if you're looking for a delicious delicious treat but you don't want all the fat and calories you got to try built bar what makes built so good well for starters they're covered in 100 real chocolate real 
chocolate while only having four grams of sugar and just 130 calories, but with 17 grams of protein. You don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been telling you about how you can get your bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at Sam's Club or Walmart. Go into Sam's Club and grab a 13-bar box. Get you set for, for a while with their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro, which is my personal favorite. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs at your local Walmart. Make sure to check them out, and you can see all the flavors at Built.com. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. I appreciate you guys being with us and making us your first listen. want to make sure that you guys check out Game 2 Game on the Locked On NBA feed. Ab and I are on Locked On NBA. I'm on on Tuesdays. He's on on Fridays. You can you should make your second listen today, Locked On Game to Game, which has got every moment, every top performance, and every result. They cover every game from across the NBA with local analysis only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on the Locked On NBA feed, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever. You get podcasts. So, Adam, this morning news comes out that Kevin Durant, after bizarre injury in warm-ups, there was a slippery spot on uh, one of his warm-up plays. Was there? Yeah, that's what happened. It was slippery pl- spot? Yeah. yeah, it was a wet spot. Yep. I mean, and, sometimes uh, you just slip. I did, that's why I'm saying I didn't know. The floor was slippery and somebody had cleaned it up. And then Jesus, it, there was still a spot. Uh, which is why Suns fans are like, I want the ball boys fired. Um, so he's out at least four weeks. No, is that true? At least four weeks? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Okay. Like it's wow. likely to, they're doing it. Well, I'm sorry. It's like it, they're doing imaging right now. Okay. It's, the expectation is that the rest of the, of the, of the regular season yeah, okay. and potentially the first round, that's notable. I mean, this, I'll believe that when I see it. Nonetheless, a bad ankle sprain. <laughs> I just sprain don't want to go this far. I just I'm doing with LeBron too, where everybody's like, he could be out for forever, and then he's gonna come back and it's gonna be heroic. I just it looked bad, you know, it looked like a bummer. Um, and they were saying grade two, and then that, I think this is where the timeline is coming from. Is a lot of people saying, Well, typically a grade two means this. Uh Danny says they don't know anything yet. Apparently, that report is very speculative. Uh okay. Look, he could come back earlier for sure. What I'm saying is, even if he only misses like a couple of weeks, this like here's where the standings are at. The Suns are at 29 losses. The Warriors are at 32. The Clippers and three other, I'm sorry, three teams are at 33 losses. Now, I I'm captain of the that's we're not we don't have enough games left. Like everyone yesterday was like, are the Grizzlies going to make the playoffs? And I was like, guys, they have a seven game lead on the seven seed. The Grizzlies are making the playoffs. Like. Sorry, they're not they're not falling that low. Um, the Suns are right about in the middle. Where now, look, I think they can probably get it done because with Booker and CP3, that team was still with it at not. I mean, they had McHale and Cam, so that matters. They, I'll say this: they can't afford another injury. They can't afford another injury for sure. Here's like, the thing, though, Matt Booker is having an incredible season. He's amazing. His he's first, so good. his first like six weeks before the injury or whatever was like, unbelievable. I mean, he had two fifty point games, I believe. He's he's honestly these last two playoff runs. This is one of those sneaky reasons playoff runs are so important. Is I think they make you a better player because that's the highest level of basketball. You can't copy. There's nowhere on earth you get the reps of an NBA Finals and a Conference Finals. Those are the top reps in the world that you can't mimic. 
And he's gotten those two years in a row. And I just feel like he's at the top of his game and it's disguised because he missed so much in the middle. But here he is back to scoring 30 plus every single night on, on great efficiency. So Devin Booker, you're, I'm with you. I think that this hurts the Suns. But as long as they don't suffer another energy uh, injury, which is a big if, I actually don't think they're going to fall in the standings. I think they could fall to five. I think that, that one of those teams can get hot and catch them, whether it's Clippers, sure. Warriors, or... One of them um, could, yep. Mavericks, I think that's possible. I will say, like, if it were to get real bad, if they were to act, if they were to have any... Like, here's the thing. Their margin for error is very thin now. It was already okay. that way because they lost Mikhail and Cam. Like, you lost two-plus players in that trade, and you gained a player that's way better and makes their ceiling way higher, right? It, you do that trade. But they don't, especially Landry Shamit's still out. They don't have a lot of margin for error. And margin for error usually gets impacted not by your play at this level. It gets impacted by injury. If they yeah. lose anybody else, now you're in real concern. And like the idea is like, you know, Robert's like, well, I think he could be back for the playoffs. And I was like, look, if they slip enough and they're in the play-in spot, he may not have a chance. This is well, the not, thing. not only that, they have done a very good job. Like he arrived and they've been winning. <clears throat> there hasn't been a lot of ramp up, but the playoffs are different. Like you do need practice attacking multiple different strategies and situations. And it's just looking like, let's put it this way, Matt. Are the Suns more likely to win it now that KD got injured or less likely? <laughs> I right. think less likely. And that's, that's all this is, is it's probably going to be a much shorter runway for them to figure this out. And they're likely to get into the playoffs and play a series where it's like, oh, here's a strategy. Well, we've never practiced attacking this yet. We don't actually have a chemistry or an understanding of what it is we're trying to do. So to me, this is a pretty uh, – this doesn't ruin their season. doesn't end it. But it does, I think, significantly discount their odds. Meaning, it, it definitely helps the Kings in keeping their division chances for a top three seed, potentially top two. Um this oh, yeah, makes it a little more likely, honestly, given how things were going, that the Suns were are going to wind up in the Nuggets side of the bracket. Uh, like, this you think is it's more likely? Oh, because they'll be they'll almost certainly be four or five instead of three. Yes, gotcha. like it's more. I will say this: like I've I've talked about, like look, they could really fall here. It's way more likely that they're four or five than six seven. Like, I think the fear likely. for me is that the Grizzlies and Suns are both in the four or five. That to me, that would be the big concern. And I think that's hard because you need the Warriors to like grab six spots, and that's a lot, or the Clippers or any of these teams. Um, but just because if you got Phoenix, Memphis, I think Memphis is just falling that I think they might be an easy first round matchup relative to everyone else. If you get Golden State, Phoenix, hey, two good teams are going to go at each other and that stuff. Even if you get Clippers, Phoenix. There you go. Like you're going to, you just eliminate one extra team. And I think you get a better read. Some of this is you want a team that shows you something in round one that you can use in round two. Let me present two scenarios. I want to know which one you'd prefer. Okay. The first scenario is that the four five is Grizzlies sons. Mm. Okay. Um, that's tough to get to, actually. Let me rethink that. Um, no, the first scenario is, is that it's Grizzlies. I'm sorry, it's uh, Suns Warriors. That's the first scenario. Okay. Is that the 4-5 the is Suns Warriors. And that means that the Nuggets have to play one of Phoenix or Golden State in round two. Yeah. The other scenario is that Phoenix is in the four spot and the Warriors are in six. And so the Warriors are on the other side of the bracket. You still got to go through Phoenix. I don't see any scenario where you don't have to go through one of them. Yeah. Um, 
but you avoid the Warriors until the Western Conference Finals. Which of those scenarios do you do you prefer? Oh, easily the Suns Warriors first round. And okay. here's why. I think the Warriors have a good chance of beating the Suns. Some of this is just history. I mean, Chris Paul has not made it past Steph Curry. This has been a thing that they've he's kind of that matchup in particular, Chris Paul versus this Warriors team. <clears throat> Number two, I mean, I just trust that the Warriors are going to be able to make them most vulnerable and figure them out. Um, so I would rather that. I think it's a tough matchup for the Suns. And even if they get through it, the Suns, I think, will show, will force the, uh, the Warriors will force the Suns to show their hand in a way that would help Denver. But honestly, I prefer it. You're going to match up, as you said, you're going to have a really, really, really tough second round matchup no matter what. And I'd rather you get a team that had to work in the first round. I like this. I like that take. That's a good take. Um, the ideal scenario is that the Suns, the Grizzlies fall. The Suns move into the uh, the three spot. The Warriors fall to four. The Clippers make the run to the Clippers or Mavericks make a run to five, and the Warriors fall to six. That's like the best of all worlds for Denver. Is that it's three three Suns versus six Warriors, right? With the Nuggets avoiding both until the conference finals. That's like that is the best of all worlds. <clears throat> It is, but and then here's another scenario: is that you just end up with the Lakers, Warriors, and Mavericks, Clippers. Three of those four teams all end up in the play-in, and one of them's getting eliminated right off the bat. To me, that would be another. I mean, part of me is looking at this Lakers who have climbed to nine and just thinking, are they going to have an easy play-in or a tough one? And right now, they host the first round against the Pelicans. It looks like an easy win, and then you would get the loser of Dallas versus Minnesota. That kind of feels like another easy win. So part of me looks at it and thinks I want the play in a little bit stacked as well. Best Lakers team is just like it it is it is in your closet at night waiting to scare you. To be honest, I'm I'm kind of over it and this is it's funny because I look at this a little bit like in years past it's what's the easiest path. Part of me wonders if that's the right way to approach this. Part of me wonders if it's just like no, get the tough path. I I do think there is something to Milwaukee when they won had a very tough path. And I think there's something to if you go into an easy first round series and then the hardest second round series, I, you might not be fully prepared for it. It's just hard. Whereas I think if you go through a tough first round one, you elevate to where you're ready now for the hard matchups. Alan says this, and I keep thinking about it too. The 2011 Mavs had to go through the Lakers in the second round too. I keep thinking about that series. It was crazy. Yeah. I, I love the Mavericks. Like I, I wrote about the Mavericks being a title contender in like November of that season. And then, and then uh, Karan Butler got hurt. And so they fell off for a long time and like, he never, he never came back, but like they started to sharpen up at the end. And then we got to that second round series and it was crazy. Like they won the first two games and everyone's like, okay, but the Lakers are going to win. And I'm like, but they just won the two in LA. Like, what do we do? What? And then they won game three. And like Kobe was still like, well, I mean, we're coming back. And then it was over. It was crazy. That series was nuts. Um, Okay. Good show today. Thanks for joining us. Make make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know that you appreciate the show. You can hit us on Twitter at LockedOnNuggets. Appreciate all the positive comments we've gotten around there. Have yourselves a great day. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. We'll set you up for the Spurs game as well as the weekend for the Denver Nuggets. Until then... We'll see you again next time on Locked on Rights.